Hey, good morning, everyone. It's good to be up here again. Uh, thank you for you coming online and uh, getting some of the Word of God. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, Moses, you and God's Word. Moses uh, just uh, is so fascinating. I've been studying it a lot for the last probably three or four months. Um, and uh, last week was uh, hearing the exciting exchange between Moses and Jesus in the burning bush. Uh, Jesus says, Moses, Moses. Uh, and uh, the same way I said last week, you know, Jesus is saying, Rick, Rick, saying, your name, your name. Come follow me. Come follow me. And you know, the, the, the beautiful thing is, you know, uh, how you know, God knows our name. Uh, in Isaiah 49, 16, God says, See, I have engraved your name on the palm of my hand. God has your, you in the palm of his hand. Your name is in the palm of your, his hand. What a blessing to be in, in Jesus Christ and be in the palm of the hand of a great and loving God. You know, but like Moses, uh, we all have our doubts. Um, Moses, like I said last week, was 40 years an Egyptian. He could have been the next uh, Pharaoh, uh, commentaries say. He was raised up. He was a special super, superman. Uh, was uh, quite knowledgeable, uh, good looking, and uh, had, he, he could even speak good for those 40 years as an Egyptian. But something happened to him in the 40 years being a shepherd. I think uh, God had some work to do. He knew Moses was the man for the job. And uh, I can say that I've I, uh, been a Christian for over 40 years, and I know God has done a lot of work on me, a lot of work on me. I, I've been so thankful that he's a patient God, that uh, through all the years of ups and downs and my doubting ways, he has blessed me despite my own self. So Moses is now 80, uh, well on his way uh, to being the leader that God wants him to be. But just a little problem, Moses says, um, who am I? He says to God, who am I? Uh, I, I can't do this. Uh, pardon me, your servant, Lord. Pardon me. Uh, hold it, God. Can't quite do what you want me to do. Uh, please send someone else. Uh, please send someone else. Uh, but you know what? God doesn't accept any of those doubting ways. Just like he doesn't accept our excuses. And our ways of putting him on the back burner. Why we decide to do whatever we want to do. He has chosen Moses. And he has chosen you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Uh, so let's read uh, from God's word uh, in Exodus. And the first point I have, point number one, and, and this is probably personally my best point, is stop complaining and start encouraging. I can't, I can't tell you how many times we've driven home from church, and this was years ago, we had all the kids in the back seat, and we'd do nothing com but complain about the preacher, the teachers, the kids discouraging us, the people not paying attention, um, and how horrible that was. Why do you think our kids didn't want to go to church after a while? Because all they heard was us complain about it. And, uh, you know, and I, I think maybe you can identify. Uh, complaining does absolutely no good. Uh, let's stop complaining and start encouraging. Exodus chapter 5, uh, 
19. Exodus chapter 5, 19. The Israelite overseers realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them, and they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, why, Lord, have you brought troubles on this people? Is that why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought troubles on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Um, Moses and Aaron had a revival meeting. He got all the Israelites all excited about leaving Egypt and going to the promised land, that God would take, him, uh, take them out of the uh, bondage and bring them to the promised land. He showed us all kinds of miracles. Here, watch what I can do with my staff. Watch what God will do. Moses and Aaron had a revival meeting with all the Israelites, got them, got them all excited. And then something happened. Not so fast, King Pharaoh says. Not so fast, King Pharaoh says. The elders are quick to complain. You know, Pharaoh put more bondage on them. He put more work on them. He made it tougher them, them. And then, you know, and then what do they do? They complain to Moses and Aaron, the very people, very two guys that were going to lead them out of Egypt. And then in turn, what does Moses do? Verse 22, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is that why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. I ask you today, are you a complainer? I think if we were honest, maybe we are somewhat. Um, or maybe you're one of those silent complainers who never say anything about it, but just complain to yourself. Um, I remember um, being a silent complainer. Uh, Diane came down with MS when she was uh, 35 in 1989, um, I believe it was. And uh, it put a big, uh, put a big halt change on our life. Uh, you know, at, at first, you know, it wasn't too bad. And her sister had MS, and her, her sister wasn't too bad with it. She was, and they came up with some uh, medication that seemed to be the cure, and it seemed like everything was going to be okay. But then shortly thereafter, I mean, I don't think Diane was more than 37, and she went down like a lead balloon and went, was in bed all the time. And all of a sudden, I'm running the bowling alley, and I'm coaching and doing all kinds of things, and I became a silent complainer. I, I put on the good front. I was strong, I was mighty, I was taking care of her, I was taking care of this, but I was silently complaining to myself, when, God, are you going to get us out of this? When are you going to change this? I cannot live like this, God. What? And I, I was doing this to myself. I wasn't sharing this with anybody, including her. And I was a silent complainer. Why? And I look back at that and I say, what a selfish, selfish Christian I was. Here it is, my wife who lost everything who lost everything, she couldn't hold on to anything, she couldn't walk, she couldn't manage the household, she lost everything. And I'm, com and I'm feeling sorry for myself. I was a silent complainer. And, and, and that's, that's a danger about c complaining. And uh, complaining just leaves, I think it exposed where my faith was. Really it does. How much I complain, it really exposed my faith. And, uh, and thankfully, thankfully after years, 
I did complain for years. I came out of it. I, I realized that I was just nothing but a complainer. And, uh, and that's what was going on with Moses and, and uh, God. And uh, he was complaining. But let's see what really matters to Moses and what his real life totally was all about in Hebrews. Hebrews, the book of faith, chapter 11. I read this last week, but it's, it's so encouraging and it's so, so true to, to each one of us. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of uh, Pharaoh's daughters. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to this reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. This is the real Moses. This is what he stood on. This is what, what faith uh, does for us. In verse... Um, Verse uh, 27 says, he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Um, he, he wasn't a complainer anymore. He saw him who was invisible. He, he's, he talked with God, and same with us. We need to see him who is invisible. How do we see him as invisible? Through the word of God, through, through worshiping him, through coming to church, coming to Bible study, through having our own personal relationship with him. We need that. And, and I didn't have that at that time early on with Diane. And I'm so thankful that, that God worked through me, worked in me, and changed me. I, I went from being a discourager to an encourager. Uh, and uh, to this very day, Diane is my biggest encourager. She is my biggest cheerleader. Um, I can't tell you all the prayers that she has said for me and all the, the, the encouraging words she has said for me. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just fantastic. And uh, that's what God does, does for you. Point number two, the great I am is also the great I will. And I want you to get your highlighter out. If you have your Bible today, get your highlighter out because these are some verses you really want to highlight. In Exodus chapter 6, the great I am is also the great I will. And, Great I am is also the great I will. Read chapter 6, 1 through 8 with me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you'll see that I, what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But, my, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them and to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving and I remembered my covenant. Therefore, I say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that, 
that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you out of the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. He is the great I am. Verse 1, he says, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. I will, he says. Verse 6, he goes, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will free you. Verse number 7, I will uh, take you as my people, and I will be your your God. And finally, verse 8, he says, I will give to you the possessions, and I am the Lord. God is giving Moses and you a, a great pep t- talk today. I will do this for you, because I am the great I am. And, and I encourage you to, to, to highlight those and go back to them and, and realize God promises to do things. And he is not only the great I am, he's that great God, he's the great I will do it in your life. And that's what he's telling Moses right now. And also in Genesis chapter 12, talking to Abraham, and I love this because we studied Abraham a while ago, but it brought back memories to me. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. God is telling uh, our father Abraham that I will. Abraham, much like Moses, um, was just beginning, and he, he, didn't, he just he got to talk with God, <laughs> which is what a special, awesome blessing. They were chosen, and I say to you, you know, like he said to Abraham, I will bless you. God will bless you, and I will bless all, uh, everything about you. And he says, I will bless, make you, uh, bless you to be a blessing to others. And, and that by faith, when we give our lives to Jesus, he will take care of every part of your life. Um, you look at, at um, verse 2 and 3 again on, on, of uh, Genesis, and I skipped back from it, but I want to reread that in chapter 12. Another highlighter you've got to get out. Verse 2 says, I will make you a great no- nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse you. We were reading the same thing in the Old Testament with uh, Jehoshaphat. And, and he, uh, when Jehoshaphat draw, drew close to God, he blessed him. Blessed him with one victory after another. He blessed him to, to, to take care of the entire region of Judah with men who went out and, and spread God's word to be a blessing to everybody. Not just one, everybody. And that's what Moses... That's what he was t- telling Abraham, and that's what he's telling you and I today. God is the great I will. My question to you, are you obedient to God's word? That, that's, that was always the bottom line. Are you obedient to God's word? If so, he will bless you, and you will be a blessing to others. I think that's the, the, the greatest thing. Uh, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing to others. And, uh, and when that happens, just incredible things happen around you. I'm telling you, something special happens around you all the time. So verse part, part three to my lesson is, what, what are you going to do? What will we do? What are we doing with all these powerful promises of God's word? Um, Moses still had his doubts in Exodus chapter uh, 6, verse 9. Moses reported to the Israelites, 
but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell King Pharaoh of Egypt to let the Israelites go out of this country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? Um, again, Moses is uh, sort of using his speech impediment as an excuse. Again, in verse 28 through 30, he says the same thing. Now when the Lord spoke to Moses in Egypt, he said to him, I am Lord, tell the Pharaoh, uh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. But Moses said to the Lord, since I speak with faltering lips, why would Pharaoh listen to me? What was God's reply to Moses? Go set my people free. <laughs> Stop making excuses. God's word takes our fears away. You know, I've, I've preached and, and taught for a long time, almost since, since I was like 24, 25, and I'm now, I just turned 68. And, you know, I always was a little fearful when I would have to preach or teach. And uh, I had my doubts. But you know what changed my doubts? God's word. <laughs> God's word in prayer. It changed my, it changed my doubts. It, it took my fear away to know that I can't go wrong with God's word. I can't go wrong at all with God's word. It's the truth. It's the living truth. And that's what I always try to stick to and go back to. I think the very first lesson I spoke was almost entirely from God's word. I, did, I don't think I hardly said anything but read God's word. And everybody thought it was great. I said, oh, I, I don't know about that, but I just preached God's word. And that's what changes my doubts. It's the power of God that inspires us. And, and I told people this morning in Bible study, if I, if I don't get into God's word every day, I, I, uh, I miss it. I miss it. It's, I long for God's word and long for that prayer time. What does Jesus say in Matthew uh, 16? 24. Let's see what Jesus says. And uh, this, this uh, scripture basically inspired uh, at the cross. Inspired, I came up with a name in the middle of the night by ringing, reading this scripture. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his, their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And this scripture came to me in the middle of the night, and it's when I came up with at the cross. And, uh, and I shared it with the family and, and anyone else who uh, was thinking about it, and everybody loved it, and it's, it's where the name came from. And it's truly um, that we need to take up our cross and follow him. So the big question to you and I is, what will we do with God's word? You know, Jesus wants to reward you. He says, he says truly, he says, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, then he will reward each person according to what he has done. And uh, brothers and sisters, I ask you, what have you done in the name of Jesus? I really, that is the, the key word. We all can do something. We all can do something, and I'm proud of this congregation because I see so many workers. I see so many people pitching in to do so many different things. Uh, we have a special, special uh, body here, but when God calls, he delivers. That's my last point. When God calls you, he will deliver. Back to Exodus chapter 14. I'm giving you time to find it. All right. 
Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 10. Here we go. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and they, there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And uh, the Israelites were terrified, but not Moses. At this point in time, Moses was all in. He was all in, verses 13 and 14. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord uh, that will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Uh, Brother Tim shared that this morning in our Bible study. You know, just be still and know that I am God. Just wait on him. You know, trust in him. Uh, serve him and, and watch what he will do. Number two, Stand firm. The Lord wants us to stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I, I am so thankful for a Lord that fights for me because I have, I've, uh, I'm getting a little tired of my older age. I'm, I'm looking at surgeries and, and different things going on. And, and you know, brothers and sisters, I feel better than ever. God's fighting for me. God's fighting for me, and uh, I'm excited every day. And uh, I pray that you would feel the same way. Because he is fighting for you. He wants nothing but the best for you. He is strong and mighty. Let's see, let's wrap it up and see what, what uh, the Israelites are going to go through in chapter 14 of Exodus. This is the exciting part. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with strong east wind and turned it into dry land. Notice God did it all night long. He wasn't, he just didn't raise his hand up. All set. No, God worked all night long. And drove the wind back and, and made the land dry. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a, a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from a pillar of fire and clouds at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of the chariot so that they were, had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them, for, for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at daybreak, the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it. And the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, and with a wall of water on their right and a wall on their left, that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. You know, wow. What, a, what an experience that must have been, you know, and uh, uh, what a team Moses and God were. I, I look at Moses, what an example 
you know, God used Moses in a special way. Uh, verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night long the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. Verse 26, again, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back in its place. The Egyptians were fleeing, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh had followed the Israelites into the sea, and not one of them survived. Moses uh, was being used by God, and uh, I like how 29 through 31, trust God and just watch him. Trust God and just watch him. But the Israelites went through the the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the, the Egyptians, the, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, their servant. You know, I always say it takes a, a team. I, I'm always saying uh, what a team that we have. Uh, and it is so true. You know, Nick, Nick shared how him and Katie have been coming down in the morning, and Angie comes over at lunchtime because I haven't been out to take care of Diane very well. And uh, they've been such an encouragement. And, and what an incredible team. And, and I say that. And, and I say that to you and all of you here. We are an incredible team. You know, the, the, uh, uh, I truly say God, family, and church makes just an unbeatable con combination. And uh, I encourage you to yeah, be, be that servant and, and watch your team go to work. Uh, I've, I've been able to watch my team go to work, and I am so thankful. And I want to close with Colossians chapter 3. You are chosen people. Just as Moses was chosen, you were chosen. I hear Paul's words as I read chapter 3 of Colossians. Again, some great highlighting material in verses 1 through 14. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these rage, uh, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practice and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but in, is Christ, but Christ is, is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, you, you and me, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive each other. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive, the, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Um, brothers and sisters, let's set our heart and mind on Christ Jesus, who is your life and my life. He is everything to us. Set our heart and mind on it, Paul says. Point number two, have you taken off that old self? You know, when I, I spoke about my early days with Diane, I, my old self was, was selfish. 
I was a Christian then. I, I still was partly my old self. Thank God I, I put on my new self. I encourage every one of you to put on that new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator, as Paul says, it, it, by his word of God, by the word of God. Verse 11 says, but Christ is all and he is in all. Beloved, like Moses, uh, we are God's chosen people. Um, therefore, verse 12 says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There'll be no complaining when we clothe ourselves with Christ Jesus. You know, those complaining ways I, uh, I've, I've got, tried to get rid of. I don't, I don't complain because what good does it do? Encouraging does so much more. I, I manage people all the time. And I used to sort of complain a little bit to one and complain a little bit. And now I've realized that that's just what they wanted to hear. That's just what Satan was whispering in my ear. Be a complainer. <laughs> what an example you are as a Christian. No, stop complaining. Stop complaining and encourage all those around you. And they will see the love of Christ because you're, you're holy. You're, you're different, Father. And, uh, and I, finally, but not lastly, uh, let God be the great I will in your life. Let him be, he will change your world uh, because the Lord is fighting for you just like he fought for the Israelites. And uh, brothers and sisters, uh, uh, I'm going for surgery soon this Thursday and uh, I'm excited, but I ask for all your prayers, <laughs> all your prayers. And uh, I am so thankful for a, a brother and sisterhood that, that just encourages me on and uh, has changed my life in, in these five years we've been here. What a, what a difference in my life. Thank you. I praise you. If uh, you need any prayers, if you haven't accepted the Lord yet, the time is now. The time is now. God is calling you. Let's stand and sing the song of invitation. Thank you, brothers.